station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I am your host, Tim Wick, joined, as always, by my co-host, Melissa Kersher. Hello. And our young Padawan, Jenny Young. <laughs> Hi there. And uh, we are here this week, uh, as always, to watch a movie that Jenna has not seen. Yeah. And uh, this week, the movie we are watching is Modern Times. Yay! Modern Times. So, Jenna, uh, as, uh, as we frequently do, we are going to ask you to tell us what you know about the movie Modern Times. I know that it is a movie with the title of Modern Times. Okay. It's a gimme. I I suspect that it has something to do with Modern Times. Hmm. All right. Well, that's fair. That's that's what I know. I don't know know who wrote it. I don't know what year. I don't know any of that. Any of that. Don't know, like, who the principal performer is in the film. Nope. Even though when we talked about doing this movie, we even said we should do a film by by this individual. Sure. You don't I have a tendency to blank out on those. Then that makes it easier for us to <laughs> right? completely surprise you. I, I do like to have as clean a slate as possible. When you guys start talking about these things, I kind of mentally go over here uh-huh. and, and just kind of check in for the important bits that I need to grab. See, so. we're like the parents on the Charlie, Charlie Brown <laughs> cartoons. Jenna. So, Melissa... Modern Times is a film by whom? Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. Oh, right. I remember now. We were talking about this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Charlie it, Chaplin, it, one of the best known mm-hmm. silent films. It may be, well, maybe among it's... non-educated film Ooh. viewers, I yeah. would say he's probably the best known silent film comedian. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And very totally. iconic. You know, if he showed a photo of Charlie Chaplin as a tramp to somebody, they say, hey, that's Charlie Chaplin. Even yeah. if they've never yeah. seen a Charlie Chaplin film. He's got the cane, and he's got the little hat, and he's got the mustache. Yep. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Precisely. The, the little Hitler mustache, which he yes. used to great effect in a different film. Yes. He uh, existed in black and white before we had color, so, you know. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's true. And did, uh, have you ever seen, like, any Charlie Chaplin shorts? I feel like I have, yes. Like like things where he'll be walking with a stick and it does this little weird movie thing. Like it, it just moves funny when he goes to put it down and his walk is kind of funny. And then mm-hmm. he'll like, like there's a wind and he falls backwards and things like that. Yes. <laughs> slapstick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Kind yeah. of a bolt. Like this is the visual yes. that I have of, of, yes. of him. And, and something to do with flowers. I don't know. Like. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Very good. Something to do with flowers. Something to do with, do with flowers. flowers. Like yes. there's a flower pot, a flower yeah. shop or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, what, what people usually associate Charlie Chaplin with is silent film. Yeah. Whereas uh, a good portion of what he did is actually in the sound era yeah and as is this movie okay this is a sound movie kind of it was made in 1936 so it was a good six seven years into the sound era Mm -hmm. good six seven years after the movie uh industry changed to sound practically overnight but charlie chaplin really really liked silent film yeah to the point that he pretty stubbornly stuck with it because he felt that 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 what he was doing and the kind of comedy that he was making worked better in silent film than Mm -hmm. it it ever would in sound um so you know and and the thing was he was right he he remained successful Mm -hmm. uh for a long time after after they had hollywood had basically ditched the concept of silent film 
Uh, and so that that this is interesting in that it's going to be essentially the first, quote, well, more like the second silent film we've watched since we watched Playtime, which was almost a silent film. Yeah, and in, but, in this movie is silent in much the same way that Playtime is. Um, interesting thing about Modern Times is it was originally planned to be a dialogue film. Yeah. But oh, really? It, he worked backward and became what it is. That's fantastic. So, so yeah, we don't want to get in, into it too much, and I don't think we really have. But uh, but yeah, yeah it's uh, I think I mean it's there are several there are about three or four Chaplin films that are considered to be kind of the pinnacle of what he did, and Modern Times is definitely one of those films. Yes. So we are gonna go off and we're gonna watch my beautiful Criterion Blu-ray of Charlie Chaplin's Modern Times, and then we'll be back with you so Jenna can tell you what she thought. Hooray! Excellent. Yay! And we are back. We have just finished watching Modern Times, like we said we would. It's good when we, yeah, when we go ahead and we do what we say we're going to do on this podcast. So, Jenna, that was your first feature length. Yes. Charles Chaplin, and what did you think? I loved it. I'm a huge fan of uh, physicality as a, a form of theater overall. Um, I love mime, which I know isn't a thing that a lot of people will say or admit to, um, but I do. <laughs> I, I, I like mime, I like clowning, I like... Um, I, I mean, I do a lot of clowning and stage combat work for, for theaters, so like just watching movement and watching how you hold your character and like all of that stuff is absolutely fantastic to me so i enjoyed this immensely excellent <laughs> excellent excellent boy yes. boy do we have some movies to show you yeah <laughs> yeah there's uh there's we have to kind of do the triumvirate of yeah we need we need harold lloyd we need uh, buster, buster keaton. keaton and we need mm. charlie chaplin which we just did oh, so yeah. there's yeah, no but, there's no best one to do first no there there isn't uh, they're all kind of equal and different mm-hmm. in their own ways mm-hmm. and they were the three great comedians who were three of the biggest innovators during this time of filmmaking right yeah and, you know particularly during the silent era but you know Coming into the entrance of film, sure. or of sound film, I should say. Yeah, so yeah, Chaplin had been, as we discussed earlier, he was resistant to sound, uh, and this this film comes out five years after his last his last talkie or not talkie, but his last film, which was City Lights. Yes, uh, and uh, City Lights was made after after the advent of the of the talkies, but was a silent film. Okay. And so this film is Chaplin sort of making a talkie. Yeah. Sort of. And it had been in his, his intent to make this film a talkie. He wrote a script for this okay. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then decided not to use it. Mm-hmm. Which sure. may have been one of the best decisions he's at, he ever yeah. made. Yeah. Uh, because certainly he had all sorts of people telling him that talkies were the way of the future, silence were dead. Uh, and he should be doing talking pictures, but he really saw that what he was trying to say could be told as well or better without the dialogue that he'd written. Sure. Um, and he he'll he'll go on to make a few films with dialogue, um, one, mm-hmm. at least one of which is brilliant, uh, The Great Dictator. But uh, 
this this is kind of his and it's it is actually in an odd way a farewell to silent films sure. because uh, literally the last he's the only only person who's using like the title cards that they used in silent films the, those are dead and nobody uses mm-hmm. them anymore yeah. so the last title card that we see in this film is the last title card that was ever used. Oh God, I wasn't paying attention. What did it say? Until the modern era when some people started making silent films almost as parodies. Sure. Oh yeah, I mean, and you have things like The Artist. The Artist, which is not a is, Which came out two years ago. And, or Mel Brooks' silent yeah. movie. Yeah. Or, you sure. know, so that certainly it, they came back in, but in an ironic kind of way yeah. for a long time mm-hmm. until a few people have have looked back with Fondness towards the silent era and, and made films that that don't use the title cards in an ironic way. But but the end of this movie, that last title card was the last title card of the silent film era. What does that card say? Uh, it says I think it's "Don't worry, we'll get along." Yeah, something to that effect. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. just. Aw, that's kind. Yeah. Yeah. I was also reading that uh, th- there's a very hopeful ending in this film. Mm-hmm. In the sense that I don't know, you, you kind of feel like like the little tramp and his and his youthful girlfriend are gonna get on somehow. Mm-hmm. And the original, they did shoot an ending where the little tramp ended up in in the asylum, and oh. the, and his his uh, young uh, fatherless uh, orphaned girlfriend is is a nun, <laughs> and <laughs> tending yeah. to him in the. Well. And, and he didn't like that. He didn't like that. Yeah, and he no. thought it was too dark. They shot it. They was, that ending was shot, but mm-hmm. they opted for the slightly more hopeful uh, shot of the two of them walking down a lonely road to some to bigger and better things. Potentially yeah. bright future. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's interesting after having seen many of the Tramp films that he did that it you know they're all comedies but they're all very dark i mean they they're all very involved with or very concerned with uh the troubles of the lower classes and very poor people and you know strikes and uh, poverty and hunger and um you know when we get to the film after this which is the great dictator yeah fascism so it it, (laughs) It's interesting looking back on Charlie Chaplin's life. You know, he grew up extraordinarily poor. Yeah. Uh, his mother was committed to an asylum. She was mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, they, he had he had a hard time of it until he got going in the entertainment sure. in- industry, and he pulled himself out of poverty essentially. Yeah. Okay. He starts in, his brother, he starts in vaudeville, yeah. I believe. Yeah. 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 He starts in he stage starts, on in vaudeville. Starts in in, yeah. in stage in England. Mm-hmm. He is English. Charlie Chaplin is an yeah. English uh, actor. He starts in stage there. He comes over to America. Uh, the fledgling film industry courts him, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. He he saw an exhibition with the uh, film projector and got very interested in the format. Mm-hmm. And, sure. And then. You know, kind of wound up going out to California and and he becomes started making movies and extraordinarily powerful in the in the silent film hugely era hugely powerful basically they'll let him make anything he wants to make uh, oh, right. and uh, he makes a lot of films that have uh, he's his he's clearly very leftist in his views mm-hmm. 
uh, and was later brought before the House. Uh, I don't remember. He was, it, it was it was in front of House of Un-American Activities. Uh, yeah, he so, was investigated for being a communist and eventually had to leave. Yeah, the he eventually States. had to leave the oh United States. Yeah, uh, but he was not uh, a communist. He was definitely left leaning, mm-hmm. uh, and those those political views come out in his films, but. He was given so much freedom because uh, in the silent era, his films were just crazy, crazy popular. Sure, yeah. Um, and you know, he was one of those those people that there was there was stardom was almost different in that time. Mm-hmm. You know, in that that there were certain focal points for fandom, and Charlie Chaplin was one of those. Yeah, um, okay. extraordinary focal points. And also, I mean, the the thing about Chaplin and also Lloyd and Keaton. Uh, he wrote his films. He directed his films. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every the it, the he was an auteur. He was yes. everything on that film is Charlie Chaplin. It, it, I was reading right down the soundtrack. He spent yeah. a lot of time crafting the music for this, and it just every you know the the shots the, the just. Written, directed, everything was Charlie Chaplin. In There's no stunt men. If he's mm-hmm. doing, if he's doing yeah. a physical bit, it's him. So we were talking about the fact. There's the roller skating scene. Yeah. In the movie oh. where he keeps coming up to the edge <laughs> of that gigantic pit, and you're just like, "There's an edge there. There might be something, some mattresses or something for him to land on if he falls off the edge." But that's Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, and if you're the producers of this movie, yeah. <laughs> and you're watching your your director, your star, your writer. Um, Hopefully, you're filming that one last. Almost, yeah. <laughs> almost falling to his death over and over again. Maybe I I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe but it's just uh, remarkable what they what power he had. I mean, they they wouldn't let an actor. You know, the most powerful actor in Hollywood now. Would not be permitted to film that scene. Oh, no. It would be a stunt double, unquestionably. Be. Even if that actor had the ability to pull off that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chaplin was. He he could make. He did all his own stunts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he and he was a perfectionist. He mm. he planned everything mm-hmm. to precision. Sure. And and he of the the trio of the the three comedians, Chaplin is. The balletic one. He, it's everything's a dance. Everything's music. It's very graceful. Sure. Um, there's a kind of fluidity to everything he does, and he he's kind of the the auteur. Well, they were all auteurs in their own yeah. way, but he was mm-hmm. kind of the the high art. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There and there will be arguments among film fans that, but there is there is the Harold Lloyd. Buster Keaton, Charles Chaplin argument about which of those three was the best. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Is, <laughs> it's kind of like the Gene uh, Kelly, Fred Astaire argument sure. among, yeah. um, among film fans. And, and it comes those, down to preferences. Really. I think those arguments are ridiculous. All, all, all three of them were extraordinary in different ways. Mm-hmm. And you can have a preference, you can have a favorite, but I don't think calling one of them better than another is fair to any of their work. Right. Um, and uh, any any physical comedy that you see in film grew out of. I mean, certainly there were other physical comedians, sure. but but the majority of it grew out of those three guys. Um, and modern times is just this wonderful 
physical, like, like I say, it's, it's beautiful. It is, it is very balletic. Thinking mm-hmm. about that, just that opening scene where Chaplin is is tightening the two bolts over oh, yeah. and over again, mm-hmm. and you 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 watch it and you you start to think how extraordinarily difficult that has to be. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. as a as a performer, as mm-hmm. a as a physical comedian to sit there and do that same motion over and over again to stop to go and find the one you stopped at and be able to go fast enough to get back to where you were positioned before without missing it and you you wonder you know how many times did he shoot that scene how many mm-hmm. times did he mess up or did he just do it right the first time because he was that creepy good uh, <laughs> oh. okay correct me if I'm wrong which I may be but wasn't it like film was very costly when when things were starting off like it still is but um, uh, wouldn't you want to rehearse something like that 18 million times so it took as few takes as possible I'm sure well, they did well film was not as costly as I mean mm-hmm. it, it, this was 1936, which is, mm. what, 37 years after the first motion picture. Okay. So, you know, films, it, film was now a very big industry. Okay. And, and they were filming right at the heart of the Hollywood industry. So it's, it, film isn't as expensive as, as, you know, in proportion to everything as it is today. Film became extraordinarily expensive when, once we got to color. Yeah. Which is but when you start having decisions about whether or yeah. not they're going to shoot their film in black and white or color. Yeah. Uh, and the, the films that are shot in color, you are more likely to have heard of because they were event films. Yeah, sure. Uh, and and so they, they were very careful about which movies they, they decided, all right, you know, Gone with the Wind, we're going to shoot in color because it's fucking Gone with the Wind. As opposed to Casablanca, which nobody right. knows is going to be a good film, so they shoot it in black and white. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and Chaplin shot, shot in black and white is an artistic choice. He never did shoot in color. Okay. Uh, and he could have. At least I don't think he shot in color. Are you looking I, uh, up to I, see if I'm I wrong? don't think he ever did shoot in color. Because I own the, uh, the Great I, Dictator. I the Great Great Dictator is definitely black and white. And, and I think that's Monsieur his last. And, well, his last American film. Yeah. But you know, we, from there he went on. You know, after he moved over to Europe, he did like Limelight, and yeah. Monsieur Vadou, and but I yeah, think he, those were all still black and white. Those were they? all still black and white, as yeah. far as I recall. So, so here's a question: uh, In this movie, is the first time like okay? Does he he sings his own song, right? Yeah. Like didn't have. Yeah. Is that the first time he actually vocalizes on film? I think it is. Mm-hmm. I think okay. that's and the it's first gibberish. time. Yeah, and, and it's it, gibberish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, in The Great Dictator, he talks a lot. Sure. There is... Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. There's he, yeah, he, he talks has, a lot. Has, That's like he's making up for years He has not. some things to say. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, Dictator. that man. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and but, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, we should... Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to <laughs> That's that. That's a conversation. We'll, we'll talk about that one later. Because we will definitely be seeing The Great Dictator. But, but, but going, so, back, going back just so, a moment to the, the black and white versus color thing. Okay. This was 1936. I would like to point out that Gone with the Wind was three years later. Yeah. Oh. So the big, lush, technicolor Gone with the Wind three years after this. Okay. Which kind of illustrates just how fast the movies, the industry was moving in the 1930s. Because at the beginning of the 1930s, you still have silent film going mm-hmm. mostly. Yeah. Because 1929, 1930, that's when that switchover happened. Sure. And by the 
the end of you know nine years later you have Gone with the Wind in yeah full blown color and mm-hmm. yeah uh, same year was Wizard of Oz yeah. and sure. just amazing ten years yeah you know, but you've got Charlie Chaplin who's resisting all of this change oh, yeah. to some extent and some of it seems to be because of what he's familiar with but a great deal of it is artistic choice mm-hmm. uh, he could have shot in color. He absolutely, yeah. certainly yeah. by the time of the great dictator, he could have shot in color. And yeah. he, he did not want to. He liked that uh, that aesthetic of black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it suits the tramp mm-hmm. uh, very, very well. Yeah. And I think that's that's kind yeah. of where he was at, that, that it suited this character that was the centerpiece of all of his films. And it, it's also interesting that, you know, Chaplin always played the tramp, basically. There were a few, I think, early shorts before he discovered no. that character. Well, it, well, yeah, but well, he played the tramp through uh, until he moved out of the country. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen Monsieur Verdu, and he does not play the tramp in Monsieur mm-hmm. Verdu. Up until I guess the Great yeah. Dictator, we have to say he, he yeah. played that one character, and that character he would place in different situations. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so you can see in Playtime, sort of when we watch that and the Hulot character, I think. There, there's a considerable inspiration of sure. from Chaplin of that same character mm-hmm. being, and he places it in. You know, there is a story. There's a story mm-hmm. in, in in modern times, but it's a lot of vignettes. It's a lot of okay. I'm going to take this character who's going through this situation, and now let's put him into this place and have this thing happen to him, which will be very funny because it's Charlie Chaplin and it's very funny. But then at the end of that very funny vignette. We get back to our to our arc story, um, Chaplin and his and his orphan girlfriend, or the tramp I should say, and his orphan girlfriend. Yeah. Although his orphan girlfriend in the film was also his girlfriend on uh, off screen. Well, for really? for a couple of years. Yeah, Aww. yeah. He uh, yeah, Charlie Chaplin because she was fun. Paulette Goddard um, was she was a chorus girl when uh, Charlie Chaplin hired her for this movie. And shortly afterward, they wound up getting married, and then by 1942, they were divorced again. Oh. It, Chaplin went through wives he, quickly. Yeah. Mm. Um, he, he, and most of the women that starred in films with him, he was sleeping with at the time. Yeah, uh, he, he was kind of a womanizer. Uh, he did want, eventually wind up with a woman who he was married with for a very long time, and they had like eight children Yeah. after he was the age 75 or something like that. It was, oh yeah, he was, he, was, he was going strong. Well, time to start cranking him up. Paulette Goddard, um, you know, um, after this, she was in a, a few uh, Hollywood movies. She uh, was up for Scarlett O'Hara and Gone with the Wind, as She was, fact. and she, oh, didn't, she, she didn't wind she up not, making it. Of, she did not get the part. But uh, soon after she divorced Charlie Chaplin, a couple of years later, she winds up married to Burgess Meredith, of all people. <laughs> and that uh, lasted huh, four or five years. And then there was a divorce there, and she wound up marrying a third guy. And that one lasted quite a long time. And I can't remember who that yeah, was. Right. But yeah. I, I find it very interesting she was married to both Charlie Chaplin and the Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 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 and yep. Rocky's coach. Anyway. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, I miss you, Burgess Meredith. Oh, yes. He's gone, but not forgotten. So, mm-hmm. um, 
Gosh, I don't know what else to say about this movie. I mean, I, I really, I love Charlie Chaplin. I'm a, oh. I'm a huge fan. I love that the fact that the only time you hear talking in the movie is through a machine. Yes. I mean, you see, you know, sometimes you actually see a human talking, but they're talking through a machine. Otherwise, it's actually a sure. machine talking. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, and, he, he's got a commentary on, on how industrialization yeah. is dehumanizing people. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's that's the core of the movie, kind of. You know, that's where the name mm-hmm. comes from, modern times. How, yeah. You know, and it, it is fascinating how he keeps revisiting poverty, even though he himself, by this point, is just ridiculously rich. Yeah, sure. Um, but, but he hasn't lost that memory of growing up in poverty, and right. it continues to be... Uh, his source of inspiration and in this movie you know you're looking at this character that's impoverished that never really manages to escape it and yet you know part of that's of his own fault since he completes he he keeps doing really sure semi wrong things yeah uh, well but I, I kind of looked at that as 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 commentary on um institutionalization because you've got like yeah. an institutionalized workplace and the asylum and the the police place and and how um, for me because I I was on welfare for a while so like trying to work through that institution to be able to come out on the other side of it um, watching this person who wasn't capable of fitting suit in that specific institution trying to get out of it was uh, fascinating to me it was mm-hmm. it was is really fun to me to look at. How institutions can keep somebody down? Oh, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. So, and that, I mean, of course, this is a very this is a very <laughs> long subject that we could get into. Oh, and yeah, <laughs> and yeah, but yeah. it's clearly he has he always had a message in his films. His, sure. You know, oh, absolutely. And that 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 made him a really interesting filmmaker in that he had things to say. The Great Dictator. Oh my God, does he have? <laughs> he has so much. He has to say. so much to say. Wow. Um, but he says it through comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he never stops being a comedian. He never forgets that he's making comedies. And uh, that that's what makes him so fascinating to me is the way that he has. He never forgets that he's making comedies, but because he has so much power, so much ability to make whatever he wants because the studios know he's going to make a lot of money. Uh, although he does break away from the studios. I don't remember if he'd broken away by, na- by now. Cause he, I think he had. He's one of the one of the actors who formed United Artists. Yeah. Um, because he was tired of the studios having any say over his work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got so much ability because his movies make money. He's got so much ability to say whatever he wants to say that, that he can make these movies with these... Sure. Very strong political uh, and society commentaries on society, without anybody really batting an eye, because mm. they're going to make money off of it. So they'll let Charlie say whatever he wants. Um, so I, I think we're getting to the point that we should have mm-hmm. uh, final thoughts. If anybody has any final thoughts, uh, so um, Melissa, I do. Um, if you're interested in the life of Chaplin, there was actually a pretty decent biopic in the 90s called Chaplin, starring Robert Downey Jr. as Charles Chaplin. It was during his drug phase. Yes, it was, oh. but he's quite good. He is. <laughs> wow. Actually, uh, Downey Jr. plays one of the... It's one of the better transformations I've yeah. seen. It's really uncanny. But yeah. it, it's... The the movie does a pretty good job of hitting all the, the points in Chaplin's life. So it's a pretty good... 
introduction to what the movie business was like during those times and you know where Chaplin came from and the path he wound up leading yeah very cool Jenna god that mustache (laughs) (laughs) man and the eyeliner like I just his face is so expressive anyway but then you've got those specific lines that just help pull everything and yeah, that mustache, I tell you what. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a damn fine mustache. It I think is. we can all agree on that. It is, and it came very handy for the next film. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. Uh, so, uh, for my final thoughts, I'm just going to say that our next episode is going to be about double indemnity. We will be... Uh, recording that live at Pepito's Parkway Theater on the 18th of January, just a few scant days from when this episode goes live. As always, the tickets are going to be $5, and if you bring somebody who hasn't seen the film or who says they haven't seen the film, you can get two-for-one tickets. Jenna won't be there, so we are going to have a... I was about to say, what's this we thing? Yeah, Jenna, we are going to have a stunt (laughs) Jenna. I'm very excited. My son, Alex, is going to be our stunt Jenna. I'm really excited for that, too. I'm wondering how much I have to explain about double indemnity to Alex. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see how that goes, but uh, I'm sure he's going to ask that question. So my son, Alex, will be our stunt Jenna for double indemnity, and we'll record that on the 18th, and that will be Uh, uh, the next Real Education (laughs) podcast that you can listen to on the 1st of February. February. So uh, come join us at Pepito's on the 18th. Thank you so much for listening and uh, bye. Bye. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a real education. Beep.